All right, Rabosai, good morning, everyone. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors to thank. Our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Teves. Yoel and Sarah Kelman for dedicating all the Sherman Drushels this month in honor of the birth of their daughter, Oriya Tahel, and in the hope that all of the couples davening for children will have their tilos answered Bekarov. To thank Stephen Tarizin for dedicating all the Sherman Drushels this month in honor of their grandchildren, Adin Svi and Aftali Moshe, and Shirley Elbaum and family for dedicating the Shurim and Joshua's this month, the creation of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Kapo Ben Rav Avram Menachem. We hope that the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama have an Aliyah, and the family a Nechama. And I will say also a Mazel Tov to the Kovacs Mishpacha on the occasion of the Bas Mitzvah of their daughter. Baruch Hashem today, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. And I will say with that, let us, let us begin. So we have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Chav Aleph. We are picking up Emirat Hashem on Chof Amud Beis. We left off yesterday. We left off yesterday with. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm so used to always being behind. Hey, Baruch Hashem. We actually left off on Chof Aleph Amud Aleph yesterday. This is great. This is great to actually be on schedule. Baruch Hashem. So we left off on 21A. We left off actually Kol Halayla. So two, four, five lines down from the top. The entire night is kasher for katsiras omer. So remember again, you have to cut down the omer on the night of the second day of Pesach, Woden Eretz Yisrael, is the first day of Chalamaid. So the entire night is kasher for the cutting down of the Karbana Omer. Damar Because again, we said, Ketzira, the cutting down of the Omer. Sfira, the counting of the Omer is done by night. Vahava, the bringing of the Karbana Omer ultimately is done by day. That was, you now it's interesting because if you notice, up until this point in time, whenever the Gemara wanted to prove something, it brought a series of psukim. This is not a series of psukim. Here the Gemara is just making a statement. Rashi points out over here that ultimately the limud is in Meseches Menachos. But the Gemara chooses not to go through the whole limud over here. Good. So the Gemara goes weiter. Well, the Hector Halav and burning of the additional sacrificial fats or leftover sacrificial fats and limbs can be done at night, the entire night. Kalalayla, I'm sorry, Kalalayla Adaboker. As the Pasik says, the entire night until the morning. Zehaklal. This is the rule, says the Mishnah. Darvisham, it's Kasher Kalayom. So remember again, the Mishnah said, this is the rule. Anything that is Kasher the entire day can be done the entire day. So it says the Gimara Zehaklal, Mai. So we know that whenever the Mishnah says Zehaklal, this is the rule. It's coming to include something additional that was not stated in the Mishnah. So what is the Mishnah coming to include? This is fascinating. The Gemara says, La suye sidur bazirin v'siluk bazirin. They both say it is coming to include. Now, the bazirin literally means the spoons of frankincense. Remember again, in the Beis HaMikdash was a shulchan. On the shulchan, you had lechem aponim, showbread, right? Twelve loaves. In addition to that, you had bazirin, spoons of frankincense. Every Shabbos, the old loaves were taken off and the new loaves were put on. The old loaves were given to the Mishmar, to the Kohanic shift who had finished their shift and were now outgoing. And the new loaves were kept ultimately on the Shulchan itself. So listen to this. So the Gemara says, what does it mean when it says the entire day is kosher? It's coming to include the changeover of the lechem haponim and the spoons of frankincense, ukurabi yosi. And in accordance with the position of Rabbi Yossi, the Sanyo, listen to this, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Sileikes hayeshon ha-shachris, v'sidars ha-chadosha arvis, en bekach klom. See, Rabbi Yossi was like this. Rabbi Yossi says, if you took off the old loaves, Oh, quote unquote old loaves. When I say old, remember again one of the nice and one of the miracles in the day Samaritus is that the lechem haponim, the showbread, remained fresh. So when we say old, we mean the bread that was put on the shulchan last week. If you took off the quote unquote old loaves in the morning, right, together with the spoons of frankincense, and didn't replace it, and didn't replace the, I'm sorry, and didn't place the new loaves and new spoons on the shulchan until late afternoon, it doesn't really mean. Arvis, that's because Arvis usually means nighttime. You can't, you can't wait till nighttime. You have to still do it during the day. But you wait until later in the day. That it's okay. Rabbi Yosef says it's all right. I. What about the pasuk that says that the lechem upon him has to be on the shulchan tamid? What does one do with that? 
What does one do with that? Shaloye Shulchan below Lechem. That comes to teach me that you can never have an entire, you can never go overnight without Lechem being on the Shulchan. So we'll say Rabbi Yossi's, Rabbi Yossi's Shita, interestingly enough, is even if there's a lapse, even if there's a time during the day when there's no Lechem on the Shulchan, that's okay. As long as we don't go overnight without Lechem on the Shulchan. So therefore the Gemara suggests that when the Mishnah says, Kalayom Kasher, the entire day is Kasher, is coming to include this position of Rabbi Yossi, namely that Halacha Lamaisa, you have the entire day to go ahead and put the new Lechem on the Shulchan. Now Bosai, the Rabbanon argue on that. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says with Rabbi Yossi, Menachos, Afilu so we'll say, interestingly enough, the Rabbanon disagree. And the Rabbanon say, actually, the procedure for the Lechem upon him is that as soon as they took off the old loaves, they immediately replaced it with the new loaves. According to the Rabbanon, so we'll say, Really what it comes down to is it's a machlokis on how to dash in the Pasik Lifnei Hashem Tamid. The Rabbanon understand that quite literally there must always be Lechem on the Shulchan. And therefore the moment you remove the old loaves on Shabbos morning, you replace the new loaves right there. You have the new loaves standing right there ready to go into the Shulchan. Rabbi Yossi says no. Lifnei Hashem Tamid means you can't leave the Shulchan bare overnight. But if there's a couple of hours, you take off the old loaves in the morning and don't put the new loaves back up until the evening, that's okay. Beautiful. So let's go back there. Similarly, the Mishnah said, any mitzvah which can be done at night or which is done at night, you have the entire night to fulfill the mitzvah. What does this come to include? This is incredible. It comes to include the eating of carbon Pesach. And not in accordance, right, with the position of Allah ben Azariah. What does Allah ben Azariah say? The Torah says, you shall eat the meat of the carbon Pesach on this night. The Pasuk says, by carbon Pesach, you will eat the meat that night. And by Makkas Bahoros, it says, I will pass over, I will pass through Egypt on that night. When did Makas Bechoros occur? When? When? Chatzos, midnight. Malahalan Chatzos. Just like Makas Bechoros is Chatzos. Af Khan Chatzos. So, say, so this is a Machlok, it's like Karim Pesach. So the Rabbonans say, Karim Pesach can only be consumed up until Chatzos. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, no, you have the entire night. The Gemara suggests that when the Mishnah says, Anything that's kosher at night, you could do the entire night, is coming to include the position of Rabbi Laza ben Azariah, namely, that you could eat Karban Pesach the entire night. Now, Bose, what's interesting about this is, it sounds like the Gemara over here is paskening, like Rabbi Laza ben Azariah, that you're allowed to eat Karban Pesach the entire night. Take a quick look at Tosis. Tosis says, La las psachim, ben Azariah. So the Gemara says, Mikom Makom, Nira, Ultimately, again, ultimately, again, I'm sorry, I was saying, I mixed up the Shitas. Rabbalaza ben Azariah is the one who holds that you can only go ahead and eat Kaban Pesach until Chatzos. Right? The Mishnah, the Mishnah is saying, is saying that when, it, when the Mishnah, sorry, one more time. The Mishnah says, any mitzvah that you could do at night is kasha the entire night. So the Gemara says, what is that coming to include? The Gemara suggests it's coming to include consumption of carbon Pesach. And the Gemara is saying that our Mishnah is teaching us that you can eat carbon Pesach the entire night. To which the Gemara says, which is interesting because that is not in conformance with the position of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Because Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, when can you eat carbon Pesach until? When can Chatzos. Where does he get that from? Gezerah Shavav Laila Laila from Karban Pesach to Makas Bechoros. Just like Makas Bechoros occurred at Chatzos, Karban Pesach can only be eaten until Chatzos. Now both say, so what's interesting is, according to our Gemara, our Gemara seems to side with the Rabbanon and not with Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, which would allow you to eat Karban Pesach the entire night. 
To which Tosa says, just understand, that's not the halacha l'maysa. Tosa says, Mikomokum nira the halacha kirabelazah ben azaria. Ikastama ba'arve psachim diktani kavase disnan hapesach achar chatzos betames ha'adayim v'chei mishnah be'ezum akoman ustama besopar akaman debrachas kabe maysu banavosha begamliyah be'ez ha'mishta amrlehem skip down a little b'rabosai. So again, umoki lo kirabelazah ben azaria da'arve chatzos v'im kein shavosai. So therefore, Tosa just says, please understand as much as the Gemara here seems to conclude that the halacha is like the Rabbanon and not like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, i.e. that you could eat Karban Pesach the entire night, that is not the halacha. The halacha we paskin is Karban Pesach can only be consumed until Chatzos. Why is this important for us? Well, it's important for us because we're going to have a Beis HaMikdash, Amir Tzashem, B'Shah by this Pesach. And therefore, we have to know you could only eat Karban Pesach until Chatzos. But if Chatzos Shalom, we don't have a Beis HaMikdash by this Pesach. There's another important ramification. Vim Kain, Tzarech Lemaher, Le'echo Matzah Belele Pesachim, Kodim Chatzos. So Tosa says, this is why we have to make sure to finish up the Afikomen. Vafilu Matzah Shal Afikomen. This has important ramifications for us even in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash because Matzah, Matzah especially, right? Matzah is Doraisa and Matzah is connected to Karban Pesach and just like Karban Pesach must be consumed by Chatzos, so too one must finish their last Matzah consumption, i.e. Afikomen, by Chatzos. And Abba said, we know that is Halacha Lama However, Tosus does say, so, this is actually quite interesting. But Dosa says, by Halel, by Halel, you don't have to be so machmir to finish it by Chatzos because that's only Dirabana. But what you do see something very interesting from Tosas is it does appear that according to Tosas, ideally, ideally, you would finish Halel. Before Chatzos as well. Very fascinating. Again, many argue on this. Many argue on this, Tosis. Not about Matzah, but about Halal. But for us, Halal we do paskin like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, even though the Gemara here doesn't make it sound that way. We do paskin like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Kara Pesach must be finished by Chatzos. Matzah must be finished by Chatzos as well. The rest of the Seder could go on until you desire. Good. So we'll say, Hadron Allah, Hakar Lamafreya. Mazel tov. New parak. Hakari sa Megillah omid v'yoshev. A person could read the Megillah. If, if, I should say, if a person read the Megillah standing up or sitting down, that's okay. Halach l'maysi could read the Megillah in whatever position you want. Not whatever position, but l'maysi sitting up, standing down, both fine. So the Gemara says, Kara echad karushnayim yatsu. Listen to this. Whether one person read the Megillah or two people read the Megillah, Halacha so they could both be, you could be Yotze. So in other words, Megillah could be read even by two people simultaneously. We'll see the novelty in that. So the Gemara says, If you live in a place where the Minag is to make a bracha on the Megillah, we'll discuss which bracha that is, you make a bracha. And if you live in a place where the Minag is not to make a bracha, you don't make a bracha. So now the Gemara launches into other Halachas. Mondays, Thursdays, Shabbos Mincha, you read three alios. You read three alios. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Ezra Tikein. They both say this was a takana of Ezra. Shikorin. Shikorin Bishani Ubechamishi. Babakan Perak Muruba. So both say, so this was a takana of Ezra. That Klali Sol should never go more than three days without going ahead and having a communal Torah reading. So Mondays, Thursdays, Shabbos Mincha. Ain't pocha sin You can't read less than three aliyos. Veimo sifan aleyen. Noho safas. We'll say, by the way, that noho safa rule is just like a din in Sakhanas Nefashas, right? Can you imagine the guy by trying to make a hosafa on Monday or Thursday? Done. It's bad enough if somebody has a baby, right? And they have to sing Mazel Tov, begrudgingly, right? Begrudgingly, we sing Mazel Tov. Hey, so we'll say, so noho safas. Ve'ein maftirin binavi. And ultimately, noaf Torah. Noaf Torah. We'll say, now this is quite fascinating. Now, by the way, in all seriousness, why are there no hosafos on Mondays and Thursdays? Look at Rashi. Because they'll say people have to go to work. This, this, you know, again, 
I think we would all agree that the way we daven during the week is not the optimal way to daven. I think we'd all agree with that, right? But Lamaisa, people have to go to work. This is not a new dynamic. I just want to point out, this is already Chazal are saying this. The way we structure davening during the week is not an ideal structuring. But that's the of Adam Arishon, the sweat of your brow, you will eat your bread. You do what you gotta do. So we daven, we get in, we get out, we do what we have to do, but it moves at a, what's the word? Expeditious pace, right? It moves at an expeditious pace. And again, I just want to point out, Sometimes we think that we're going against the will of Chazal. Just so you understand, Chazal understood this, and Chazal structured the system to work with this reality. It's the beauty of Halacha, and the beauty of Yiddishkeit in general. We don't try to defy reality. We embrace reality, and then try to structure everything around the realistic circumstances. So therefore, Rashi says, So we'll say, that, that works, by the way, that works Mondays and Thursdays. What doesn't it work for? What doesn't it work for? Shabbos Mincha. Why can't I make Hosafas by Shabbos Mincha? This is very interesting. Shabbos Mincha, Samoch Lecha Sheikhahu, Sharekal Hayom Hayoregilin Lidrosh. Rabbi say this is beautiful. It seems from Rashi that when do they used to daven Mincha by Shabbos, right? Already towards the end of the day. Kind of like what we do. I mean, we, we daven Mincha a little bit earlier because to have Shalom Shudis, but they used to daven Mincha late in the day. Why would they daven Mincha late in the day? Because Rabbi say, for a Balabas, for a Balabatim, Shabbos is the day that we learn. Right, because at the end of the day, the rest of the week, we're pulled in so many different directions. Shabbos is the day that we learn. So Shabbos afternoon was used for learning. So they used to daven mincha later in the day. Because of that, it was a timing issue. Right, it was a timing issue. You can't start adding on osafas because you need to go ahead and be able to finish the kriya before shkia, before sunset. Incredible. So both sides, that's Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, mincha, three alios, no safos. No safos. They must tear me now. Be good. So we'll say another interesting idea we saw. This is fascinating. In the original creation of Kriyas Torah, only the person who got the first Aliyah and the person who got the last Aliyah made a bracha. So in the first Aliyah, they made the bracha of Asher Bachrabanu. And after the last Aliyah, they made the bracha of Asher Nasan Lanu. There were no brachos in between. We actually, we saw this in Masechah's brachos already. We'll get into this now again. Good. We read four alios. Read four alios. So the Gemara says, In pochs in mehen, you can't read less than four alios. Ve'in mosifan aleim, benoho safos. Then I will say, what's interesting about Rosh Chodesh and Chalamayid is ultimately, again, they're quasi yomim tovim, but... You're allowed to do malacha. So whenever, whenever you have a concept of people have to go to work or there's going to be work to be done, you can't make hosafos. So the Gemara says, There's no Torah. Same idea. The person who gets the first aliyah, before the first aliyah, you make a bracha. And after the last aliyah, you make the concluding bracha. Zaklal. Rabbi say, here is the rule. Kol yom, kol shi'ish Any day that has mosaf, but is not a yomtiv, so we'll say that would be like what? That would be like Rosh Chodesh and Chalamayit, even though Chalamayit is yomtiv, but it's not a yomtiv per se in terms of Isra Malacha. Korin Arba, we read four aliyas. Be yomtiv, on yomtiv itself, we read five. Then we'll say, interestingly enough, we don't read the full number of, because yomtiv has a mitzvah of simcha, so we want people to physically enjoy the yomtiv, so therefore again, even then, we limit the number of aliyahs to five. Piyomekipurim shisha. We'll discuss why this is. B'Shabbos shiva. On Shabbos seven aliyahs. In pochs. You know, say on Shabbos for the seven aliyahs, you can't read less than seven aliyahs. Aval mosif and alehen. However, halacha you are permitted to go ahead and add on to the aliyahs. Umaf tirim benavi. And on Shabbos, you read half Torah as well. So interestingly enough, this idea that there's only one brach in the beginning, one brach in the end, that seems to be the same for all Kriyos. So we've got Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, Mincha, three Aliyos, no add-on, no detracting, no half Torah. We've got Rosh Chodesh, Chalamayid, four Aliyos. We've got Yom Tiv, five Aliyos, Yom Kippur, six Aliyos. Right, Yom Kippur and Yom Tov, of course, do have a maftir. In all of these cases, you can't add on to any of the aliyos. Shabbos is the exception. Seven aliyos, 
can't can't subtract but can add on. There is a half Torah as well. And in all of these situations, in the Mishnaic model, one bracha before the Kriya, one bracha after the Kriya. Beautiful. Says the Gimartana, Masha'in Kim Batora. So this is very interesting. Now remember, the Mishnah began by saying that for Megillah, for Megillah, you could read the Megillah standing up or sitting down. Standing up or sitting down. Ultimately, again, now the Gemara says, but this is not true by Kriyasa Torah. Kriyasa Torah must, Rashi says, She'in Korim Batorah Batsibar Miyushav. When reading the Torah in public, you could only do so standing. Only do so standing. So it says the Gemara Mehani Mili, how do I know this? But beautiful Gemara. Amra Biyavol Damakra, Viyato Po Amod Imadi. The Pasik says, Cheshbar, who says to Moshe Rabbeinu, and you, Come and stand with me. So I will say this idea that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is teaching Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah, it's done ba'amida. It's done standing. It's done standing. And therefore, again, that models for us the idea that whenever Torah is read, and by extension taught, right? Because remember again, the whole point of Kriyasa Torah is to teach Torah communally. Whenever that is done, it must be done ba'amida. It must be done standing. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo says, Ilmali Mikra Kosov. We're not for this Pasak that it was stated, Iafshala Omra. You wouldn't even be able to say it, because what happened? Kibyachal, Afa Kodish Baruchu Ba'amida. So Yabo said, Lashinov, Vyata Pa Amod Imadi, you come and stand with me, indicates Taswat, Taswat, that a Kadash Baruchu Kivyachal is standing as well. So you see the Ribono Shal Olam standing when he's teaching Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. This becomes the model. Therefore, whenever we read Torah in Betzibor, which is a form of Talmud Torah de Rabbim, right, communal Talmud Torah, the Bakore stands. So beautiful. Rami Rabbi Avo. Rabbi Avo says, Minayin l'rav shelo yeshev agabe mita v'yishana l'tamida agabe karka. But says a beautiful Gemara. From where do we know that a Rebbe shouldn't sit on a comfortable bed while he, and teach Torah to his students while they're sitting on the floor. Now, as Rashi points out over here, how, in other words, how do I know that the Rebbe and the student must be sitting in the same level? Which I will say means, in other words, either both of them are sitting on the floor, both of them are sitting on a chair, both of them are sitting on a bed. But it can't be that the Rebbe is sitting on a chair and the Tamidim are sitting on the floor. Where do I know that? The Gemara says, because we will say when HaKadosh Baruch Hu invites Moshe Rabbeinu to learn Torah, what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? He invites Moshe Rabbeinu to remain on the same level. Stay with me. Which will say, if you think about it, it's such a, such a powerful idea that the, 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 Rebbe student, the Rebbe student relationship is most established when the Rebbe creates an atmosphere of equality. You see, it's in general, if people feel they're being spoken down to, right? Then at the end of the day, most of us are not receptive when we feel that someone is speaking to us on high. And the truth is, if the Rebbe thinks that he's better than the Talmidim, generally he's not going to be an effective conveyor of messages, of Torah messages as well. It's so profound. What the Imar is teaching us is, the Rebbe and the Talmidim have to be on the same level. When they're learning, we're learning as peers. And the truth is, the reason for that is also very profound. We've seen this many times. Harbe lamarati, right? But the Gemara says again, right? A Rebbe is able to learn more from his students than from anyone else. So therefore, there is this equality that is established in the learning model. They have to be on the same level. If the Rebbe is on the comfortable bed and the students are on the floor, the, the, the inequality is not there. If the inequality is not there, the Talmidim will not be receptive to learning from the Rebbe because it looks like the Rebbe is kind of lording over them and the Rebbe will not be receptive to learning from the Talmidim. Such a profound yisod. Both the Gemara goes right there. This is incredible. From the times of Moshe until Rabbi Gamliel, Ultimately, again, they would only learn Torah standing up. It's very profound. They would only learn Torah standing up. And that was, that was a display of Kavara Torah. When Rabbi Gamliel passed away, Ultimately, again, an, a sickness, an illness, really means a weakness came down to the world. And we started learning Torah 
sitting down. In other words, they're both saying, what the Gemara's painting was a fascinating picture. The ideal way to learn Torah is how? Standing up. It's covered. Covered. And that's how we used to learn Torah, standing up. Once Rabbi Gamliel passed away, there was a holy, there was an illness, or better stated, a certain weakness. So I'll just tell you something amazing. You know, historically, historically, with the death of Rabbi Gamliel, well, it's fascinating to see the rise of, of Christian influences. Rabbi Gamil is actually fascinating, is treated in, in, in certain circles of Christianity as one of the saints, which is fascinating. And they conscripted Rabbi Gamliel for their own. So, so there seems to be, with the death of Rabbi Gamliel, something happening in the world that ultimately, again, created a weakness, a theological, a spiritual weakness, that we started learning Torah sitting down. The Yemar said, When Rabbi Gamliel died, Kavara Torah died with him. So again, so this is why, so just to understand the progression, just so we stay on topic. The Mishnah told us, the Mishnah told us, Megillah could be read standing up or sitting down. The Gemara just says, by the way, that might be tr- true for Megillah. It's absolutely not true. For what? For Torah. For Torah. And now, by the way, so that's for, for that, that's for Kriyasa Torah. Just know it used to be, it used to be that we would always learn Torah standing up. That's the way it was in the times of Moshe. Until Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Gamil passes away, there's some type of weakness that descends upon the world. And from then on, from then on, we learn Torah sitting down. Now, Bosa, now watch this. The Gemara understand very interesting. One Pasik says, Bahar. Now, Bosa, now this is very interesting. One Pasik says that Moshe Shabbat said, I sat on the mountain. Right? When he went up to get the Torah, I sat on the mountain. One Pasik says, I stood on the mountain. So which one is it? Amarav, Omeid Velomeid, Yoshev Vishona. Rav said, Moshe Rabbeinu would stand and learn, but then he would sit down to review. He would sit down to review. Right? No, no, what it means is he wasn't sitting or standing. He was kind of like hunched over, hunched over. So I'll tell you something very interesting. So first of all, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, really, yeshiva doesn't mean sitting. Yeshiva means tarrying. Vanochi Yoshevar doesn't mean I sat on the mountain. Rather, Vanochi Yoshevar means what? I remained on the mountain. Shene Amar Vateshu Bakadesh Yomim Rabim. Rava Amar Rava says, Rakos Mu'umad, the Kashos Miyushav. No, no, no. The easy mitzvahs, quote unquote, Moshe Rabin learned standing up, and the harder ones he learned stand, sitting down. So we'll say what's interesting about this last Gemara is as follows. You see, there seems to be like a little bit of a contradiction, not a contradiction, but the Gemara first says, from the times of Moshe to Rabbi Gamliel, how did we learn Torah? How did we learn Torah? Standing up. Rabbi Gamliel dies, Yorah a, a weakness, an illness descended upon the world. Everybody learns Torah sitting down. Now what do we see? That on Har Sinai, what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? What did he do? At least according to two out of the three opinions, he stood and he sat. He stood perhaps again for the easier mitzvahs. Either he stood to learn, sat to review. He went ahead or he stood for the easier mitzvahs, but had to sit down to concentrate for the more difficult mitzvahs. So I will say, I'll tell you something amazing. I saw a quote of Shechter, quotes in Nefesh Harav. He quotes, he quotes over here from Rav Chaim of Valoshin. So I want to quote to you, listen to what he says. He says, Right? The ideal, see what the Gemara is pointing out for us over here is, the ideal way to learn Torah is by standing. Standing. That's kavod ha-Torah. Honor to the Torah is you learn standing. Fine. Now, Rechav Lashon points out something very interesting. He says, Ulam lepamim sha'inyan hanyamatu kasha and then But the same Gemara says that when Moshe Rabbeinu was encountered a difficult topic, what did he do? What did he do? He sat down. Now, why did he sit down, Abosai? Why did he sit down? Abosai. It's the same way, right? <laughs> it's interesting. 
colloquially, right? When you have to tell bad news to someone, what's the expression that's often used? Sit, take a seat. Sit, sit down. Say why? Because there's an understanding that to absorb, to absorb deeper things, I need to like be sitting. Because the and again, I'll say it's interesting. Chavalaj says it's very simple. Because standing requires more energy. Right? So if I'm standing, that's taking some of my strength. If I have to absorb something of enormous import, I need to sit down because I need to de- devote my energies ultimately to understanding the particular matter at hand. That's why even Moshe Rabbeinu and Harsinai, the easy stuff, I could stand for. Moshe is incredible. Even Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, now what's the irony? Moshe Rabbeinu. Lechem lo achalti mayim lo shasisi. He didn't eat and he didn't drink. So you would think he's totally, he is totally malamalam in Ateva. Yet, when it comes to understanding certain deep things, he needs to sit down. Rechaim Valjur says something amazing. Nimsa, imkain, hare az yesh stira, be mitzvah's talmud Torah, le mitzvah's kavad ha-Torah. So says something amazing. He says there's a clash. When I have to learn something complex, there's a clash. What's the clash? Between Kavarah Torah and Talmud Torah. So I'll say, Kavarah Torah, honor to Torah, demands that how should I learn? How should I learn? Standing up. Talmud Torah is the mitzvah to understand. Talmud Torah demands that when I get to a complex situation, what do I do? Sit down. So I'll say, the Sizzah Chavaj is so profound. There's a clash between Talmud Torah and Kavarah Torah. And says Chavalajner, Vahari Dinhu, Shemitzvah's Talmud Torah, Docha le mitzvah's Kavad HaTorah. Zer Sha'amarava, Kashos Miyushav, Kashos Miyushav, Kimiachar Shekavad HaTorah. Nichat, what's this? This is so incredible. Rechaim Valashner says when there is a clash between Kavad HaTorah and Talmud Torah, Talmud Torah wins. So again, if there's a, so I remember again, there's a complex situation of Torah. I could stand up because that's Kavarat Torah, but I won't necessarily understand. Or I could sit down, really understand, but it's a lack of Kavarat Torah. Says Rechavah when there's a clash between Kavarat Torah, honor to the Torah, and Talmud Torah, learning Torah, Talmud Torah wins. The both said, incredible. You know what else it teaches me? This is such an incredible metaphor for life. Sometimes, sometimes, there is a clash between, in myself between being right and getting the job done. I have to say this happens often in life, right? I can be right or I can get the job done. And sometimes getting the job done means letting go of being right and just doing what has to get done. This is my sim b'chol yom. And so often in life, we choose to focus on, no, I want to be right. Okay, shkoyach, you're right. You're right, mazel tov, mazel tov. You're right, you're right today, you're right yesterday, you're right the day before. And what have you accomplished? Absolutely nothing. Sometimes it is so much better not to focus on being right and just to focus on getting the job done. It is so much better not to stand on, not to literally stand on ceremony and focus on accomplishment in life. We get song up. We'll see how many times does it happen? Where let's say something needs to get done. Something needs to get done. And by the way, this can happen in shul. This can happen in your business. This can happen anywhere. And a person says, ah, that's, that's not for me to do. That's not for me to do. That's beneath me. I, but it's got to get done. <laughs> it's got to get done. Sometimes it's so much better to dispense with the COVID and just get the Talmud. And I both say it's true with Torah and it's true with life. Chaim Elajner teaches us when there's a clash between Kavarat Torah and Talmud Torah, so much better to understand what you're learning than it is to literally stand on ceremony. And in life, so much better to accomplish, to get the job done, even if it means being wrong, or even if it means not having the satisfaction of being right. It is so much better to get the job done and accomplish and to focus on ceremony of who is correct. Incredible, you saw Both say, let's go weiter. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Kara echad, kara yatsu. So remember again, Mishnah said, whether one person read the Megillah, two people read the Megillah, you would say, Amit Beis, Tana. Tana. What's my bookmark? Tana. Masha'enki by Torah. So both say, again, once again, this is not true by Torah. By Kriyasa Torah, you can only have one person reading. Tana Rabbanon. 
but Torah echad kore ve'echad v'targim, Shabbos by Torah, one person could read and one person could, could translate, right? The Torah gaman, right? Ubilvat shlo ye'echad kore u'shnayim v'targim. I will say, but by Torah, you can't have one person reading and two people translating. Now, I will say, the idea in general why you can't have two people reading or translating is because we assume two voices cannot be heard in unison, right? It's impossible for two voices to be exactly on the same, right? The same tempo, same. So what's going to end up happening is something is going to get lost. Now, when it comes to Torah, I remember again, so Kriyasa Torah is important. And remember, what's the role of the Torgamon? What's the role of Torgamon? What's the role of the Torgamon? To allow people to understand. Remember, Abosai, in the times of the Gemara, we'll see, you know, you don't, we don't think about it just a moment. Like, I just, I got an email yesterday from, from, uh, from Art Scroll that you could now buy an iPad Pro, like the big one. They're having a sale, $1,800. It's sort of like $2,500. And it's fully loaded. Right? What does it mean, fully loaded? No, not Netflix and everything else, right? Right? Full, fully loaded. Gans Shas. Shas. Mishnayas. Chomish. Right? I think you even get like the, you know, touched by, you know, the whole area, touched by, you know, and it doesn't sound right, but you know, you understand what I mean, you know, right? Right? The whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole series, right? The whole series, right? Right? You get, you get, oh, oh here you go. You're gonna have to edit. You're gonna have to edit some of this, right? So, 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 so you understand, right? We, we get the whole every every, every single book that Oscar put out. Let's say, do you understand what that means? That you can get a, that you can get an iPad and every single thing in Torah is on it, and you want it in English, you want it in French, you want it in Hebrew. It's all there. So it's incredible. It's incredible. Ne- ne- never before, never before in Kali Israel's history has such a concept like this existed. So how did people learn Torah? Imagine for a moment you didn't have an education. Bismana Gimara, which was very common. I didn't have an education. So what do you do? You show up to Shul on time, show up to Shul, right? They had Kriyasa Torah, and the Torgaman translated the Psukim. And you listened to that, and that was your Torah education. That, that's what you got. I say, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't appreciate the times that we live in. We're going to finish Shas. We're going to finish Shas. I will say, this was a gift and a privilege, historically reserved for a select few. And Amir Tzashem, we're going to go ahead and, and you know, finish all, incredible, absolutely incredible. So I will say, so therefore again, the Gemara says, you can't have two people translating because it is of critical importance that halacha lamaisa, critical importance that we have clarity by the Torah going, ubenavi and by Navi, kori By Navi, I will say, you can have one person reading, but you can't have two people translating because we will say by Navi, by Navi, it's okay if there's two people translating because there's no halacha learned by Navi. Right? So therefore, we're not concerned even if people get a little bit confused. It's okay. Nothing bad is going to happen. What you can't have are two people. You can't have two people reading and two people translating. Listen to how beautiful this is. By Halal and by Megillah, you can even have 10 people reading and 10 people translating. My time, I will say, what's the reason? Since Halal, since Halal and since Megillah are Chaviv, right? Are something that are so near and dear to people. People pay attention. So I will say it's incredible. So the idea is something that people pay a lot of attention to they'll be able to hear even if multiple people are reading it. So you could have 10 people reading Halal, 10 people reading the Megillah, and it's fine. Why? Because people are excited by these things. Anything that people are excited by, they will pay explicit attention to, and we're not worried about them getting confused even by multiple voices. I'm going to say, this incredible tshuva by Rav Moshe. Somebody asked Rav Moshe the following situation. Two bar mitzvah boys have the same parasha. And the parents wanted to go ahead and have them both read Maftir together and go ahead and read the Haftorah together. Right? And the logic was, the logic was this idea, Kevin de Chadiva, everybody's going to pay attention to that. Right? Tigbar Mitzvah is so beautiful, reading Maftir together, reading Haftorah together. So Ramosha said, the truth is, he thinks that Me'ikra Adina should be motor. He thinks should want to, especially today, we don't have the Torgamon, right? And people don't really rely on Kriyasa Torah today for the same reasons they relied on it historically. But Ramosha says, nevertheless, by Kriyasa Torah, we don't do it. But Me'ikra Adini wanted to pass him that technically it should work. 
Technically, it should work. You should be able to have two bar mitzvahs while reading them after to get them after. Okay, incredible. Again, halachamayis, we don't do it. Umakom shnagul avarichi varich. So let's say if you live in a place where the minag is to make the bracha, you make the bracha. You right, make a bracha on, on Megillah. When we speak about, again, bracha being dependent on minhag hamakom, that is only talking about the bracha that you make after the Megillah. Everyone agrees you must make a bracha before you read the Megillah. So it's fascinating. Everyone was making a bracha before reading of the Megillah. The, the machlokes, minhag hamakom, was on the bracha after Mikra Megillah. So Rabbi say, I know you have to make a bracha before you read the Megillah. Very simple. Don't have Yudam Shmuel, call a mitzvah, kulon, mevarech halein over la'asiyasen. Because Rabbi say, this is a general cloud. This is a general cloud. When it comes to mitzvahs, we make a bracha on all, excuse me, on all mitzvahs. So the Gemara says, my mashna, my mashma, the high over, Loshon Daktumi, they're both saying, now this is the halachic principle of Kala Mitzvos Kulan, Mebarikhalein over Lasyasan. All Mitzvos, we make a bracha over Lasyasan. Now we translate that as prior. But how do you know that over means prior? Amr Rav Nachem Bar Yishok, Amr Kra, Vayaratz Ahimatz Derech Hakikar, Vayavaras Hakushi. Pasik says, Achimatz ran by the way of the plane and he passed the Kushi. So you see, Vayavar, right, means to come before something. Abai Amr Mehacha, Vu over Lifnehem. Vibai Sema Mehacha, Vayavar Malcolm Lifnehem, Vashem Verasham. So we'll say, ultimately, again, so you see, Lashon of Over is a Lashon of, a Lashon of prior. Then we'll say, now to be clear, the concept of making a bracha prior to mitzvot is a rabbinic innovation. But Chazal instituted that you have to make a bracha before you do a mitzvah. So the Svarim write, why is that? What's the point of a bracha? The bracha is a preparatory act. Because Chazal are trying to condition us to the idea that what? A spiritual, a spiritual endeavor can only be meaningful if it is preceded by preparation. You can't roll into Ruchnius. I have to prepare myself for the Maisa Mitzvah. So ultimately, again, a bracha is the way I prepare myself for a Maisa Mitzvah. Also, as I by the Hasidim, or at least before the Hasidim, already by the Kabbalists, before the Hasidim started, you have L'Shem Yichud, right? So remember again, now it's probably by the Hasidim, L'Shem Yichud Kutshabricha, which, which again is the introductory paragraph, the introductory paragraph even before a bracha. Because Rosa sees now what's happened is, to a certain degree, unfortunately, brachos before mitzvos have become rote. So now I have to prepare myself before the bracha. How do I prepare myself before the bracha? The shame yichud. The shame yichud is which I say is why, again, the saying the shame yichud is, if you can, is so important. It's so important. Especially, again, maybe, you know, maybe not uh, every single day, but certainly on Shabbos before we make Kiddush. Right on Shabbos before benching, adding in that l'shem yichud, it just frames the entire experience in a different way. It frames the bracha in a different way. It frames the mitzvah in a different way. So the Gemara says, "What bracha do you make before Megillah?" So it says the Gemara, "Am Rav Sheshes Mikatrazia Iklal Kamei Ravashi Ubarich Manach." Rav say, "What's Manach? Manach is Mikra Megillah, Shasanisim, and Shechyanov. Those are the three brachos we make before Megillah. Manach." Mikra Megillah, right? Like, like right? Mikra Megillah, Sha'asa, the known as Nisim, and Shech Yano is the Ches of Shech Yano. Good. What's the bracha we make after Megillah? Now, I'll say now it's clear that making the bracha after the Megillah was dependent on Minagamakum. Some places didn't, did it, some places didn't do it. So, what bracha do you make after the Megillah? Baruch Atu Hashem Al-Kinam Al-Cholam, Harav Esrivenu, Vahadana Estinenu. So, I'll say this is a fascinating bracha. Hashem is the one who fights our fights. He judges our judgments. Excuse me. He goes and literally again takes our revenge. And he, he extracts repayment from those who afflict us. And he pays back all of those who inflict pain upon us, all of our enemies. Baruch Hashem. Hanifra li Yisrami called Sarayim. Blessed are you, Hashem, who ultimately, again, Hanifra li Yisrami called Sarayim, who literally exacts payment 
from all those who visit pain upon us. Rava Amar Rava says, Hakel Amoshia. You have to also, Rava had a different version. Rava said, the bracha is Hakel Amoshia. Little, little simpler, right? The God who provides salvation. Amar Papa, Hilchok Nemerna L'Tarvayu. Let's just say both. Baruch Atu Hashem Hanifra Li'isom Mikol Tzareyem Hakel Hamoshia. And I'm going to say that indeed is the concluding bracha of the Megillah. Again, we say this whole thing. Remember, we say, And then we end, say, this is what's called in, in halacha, bracha arichta, which is a bracha that begins with baruch and a bracha that ends with baruch. And the last baruch is, Baruch to Hashem, Hanifra li Yisrami called Tzareim, Hakel HaMoshiach. That's the bracha from Megillah. And I will say, we don't have time for it today, but what I will point out is something very interesting is the Beis Yosef, uh, well, we'll get to it. The Beis Yosef says, why does Mikra Megillah get this kind of racha? What a bracha, right? So I think about this. So profound for Megillah. For Megillah, other Yom Tovim don't get this kind of racha. So again, you'll remind me at a future time when we have a few more moments, we'll discuss the Beis Yosef. Beautiful, beautiful insight. Let's go a little bit weiter. Says the Gemara, B'Shini B'Shabbos Mincha, B'Shini B'Chamishi B'Shabbos Mincha, Koren Shlosha, we read three alias, three alias, by Mondays, Thursday, Shabbos, Mincha. Hani Shlosha, Kineged me. But say, why three alias? So, Am Ravasi, Kineged Tor Nevi Muksuvim. Rava Amar, Kineged Kanam Levim Yisraelim. Okay, so there's different three symbolisms. Ela Hadi Tanayib Simi, in Pochsin Miyud Psukim Mesach Neses, Vayedaber Ola Min Aminyan Hani Asara Kineged me. So, we'll say, now I know why three alias, right? Either Torah Nevi Muksuvim, but we also know that of those three aliyahs, we never read less than a minimum of 10 psukim. Right? 10 psukim is the minimum unit of any Kriyasa Torah. And by the way, by Dabr Shema Moshe counts as one of the counts as one of the as one of the psukim. So why 10? Why 10? So Amr Rabbi corresponds to the 10 people. Remember, again, we saw this before, earlier in the Masechta, the Asar Batlanim who were the 10 people whose job was to do what? Make sure that there was always a minion to be found in the base Medrash, in the base Aknasas. So corresponding to these 10 men whose lives are dedicated to ensuring a continuous and perpetual minion, we read no less than 10 Pesukim. Rabbi Yosef Amar, Kenegad Asar Sadibros, Shenemru Lamoshe Bissinai. Beautiful. Rabbi Levi Amar, Kenegad Asar, we'll leave that out. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Kenegad Asar, Ma'amaros, Sheva Nivra Olam. Very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan says, it corresponds to the, what we call Asara Ma'amaros. The both say the Asara Ma'amaros are the 10 expressions through which the Ribbono Shalolam created the world. To which the Gemara says, Hey Ninhu. So, what, what are the 10 expressions? They both say, Anytime it says, for example, Vayomar Elohim Yehi'ar, Vayehi'ar, that's an expression. So the Gemara says, There are 10 of those. The Gemara says, No, there aren't. No, there aren't. The Gemara says, Hani Tishahabu. There are only nine of them. In other words, if you go through the Genesis narrative, the, the story of my Sebereshis, you will find that there are in fact what? Only nine, only nine, Vayomer Elohim or Vayomer Hashem Yehi, whatever. Right now, whatever. Right? Vayomer Elohim Yehi, Yehi, fill in the blank. So the Gemara says, oh, Bereshis Nami Ma'amarhu. Well, say this is fascinating. Bereshis Bara Elohim is in and of itself one of the expressions of creation. Isn't that incredible? It's one of the Ma'amaros. Dechsev, Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Nasu Uburuach Pev Kultsivaam. Ultimately, again, with the word of Hashem, the heavens were created, and with the breath of his mouth, the, the all the hosts. So we'll say, see, see over here that it's fascinating. We look at Bereshit's Bara Elohim as a statement. As a statement. When in fact the Gemara says it's not a statement. What is it? In fact, actually, it is a mimer. It is actually a statement. I'm a rabba. So we'll say, Rava says, Shavos says, here's what's interesting. Here's what I've got, right? So remember I've had, I've got three alios. Why are you three alios? Why three? Why three? Koin Levi Yisrael or Tarnavim Ksuvim, right? No less than a total of 10 psukim. Why? All right. That's good. So we'll say, here's what I know. If I've got three alios and 10 psukim, how is it going to be split up? Well, it could be split up either, you know, three, 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 four, right? Three, right, three, three, four. Right, that's, that's what's going to happen. Because remember, again, as we're going to see, you can never read an aliyah less than three psukim. So now watch this. So we'll say, so now the Gemara says, so what's going to be the Shailah? What's going to be the Shailah? Which aliyah should you read as the four aliyah? Right, so now it's going to be three, three, four. 
Which Aliyah should be the four Aliyah? To which the Gemara says, Amar this is great. Risha Shekhar Dalad Meshubach. If you read four for the first Aliyah, it's Meshubach. Sheni Shekhar Dalad Meshubach. If you read the second Aliyah, four, four Pesukim, it's Meshubach, it's praiseworthy. Shlishi Shekhar Dalad Meshubach. And if you read the third Aliyah, four Pesukim, it's Meshubach. Right, very helpful. Right? And in other words, also, it seems to be that this grounds to say whichever Aliyah you read as the four Pasuk Aliyah, that's great. So the Gemara says, how do I know this? Rishon Shekhar Dalad Meshubach. We had three different kupos, three different baskets in which to hold the new machzah, the new half shkalim. And they were labeled Aleph Beis Gimel. Because when you withdraw money from the new collection for communal offerings, it is a mitzvah to take from the first basket. First. So from here you see that the first has importance. Therefore, again, you should read four psukim for the first Taliyah. What about the middle one that you read? Four psukim has Meshubach. In the Beis HaMikdash, you had all of the menorahs, all of the lamps, their wicks, were tilted towards the middle candle. And the middle candle itself was tilted towards the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So you see from here, everything is tilted towards the middle. From here you see that the middle is Meshubach. Right? The middle is important. And therefore again, based on that, you should read four Pesukim for the middle Aliyah. The Acharon Shekhar Arba Meshubach. And I'm saying, how do you know that if you read four Pesukim for the last Aliyah, it's Meshubach? Very simple. Malim Bakodesh Vilomoridin. Ultimately, again, because we go up and we don't go down. I'm about to say in general in Kiddusha, we always ascend, we don't descend. Rapapa Ikla Beknishta, Dabi Gobar, Papa went to the base to the to the shul of Abi Gobar. The Kari Rishan Arba, he read four Psukim for the first Taliyah. And ultimately what? And ultimately, and ultimately, v'shabchu, v'shabchei Rav Papa. And Rav Papa went ahead and praised him. And Rav said, this is indeed Aloha. But when you have a kriya of exactly four, ten psukim, you'll read the first aliyah. Four psukim, the remaining ones, three, if it works out that way. But Lamais, again, you just see that there's a cogent argument to be made for reading four for each of the Rav said, we know what it tells you, we know what to take away message. Everyone and everything is chashuf. Right? Number one, number two, number three, wherever you find yourself in life, Kohen, Levi, Yisrael, Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim, there's a chashivas to be found whatever our station and whatever our situation in life. We'll, see, we'll stop over here. What I'd like to do again, just for the few remains we have, in Mishnah Yomi, Emir Hashem, for those of you who are learning Mishnah Yisrael with us, again, you'll enjoy Emir Hashem. For those of you